from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hey, 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 there you are. It's hour number three, the Big and Wild Out. Hey, how you doing? Welcome in this morning. It is 9 o'clock, beautiful Saturday morning out here at the uh, Fishhawk Sporting Clays. Everybody's getting uh, ramped up, ready to go, ready to roll on out of here. The lovely smell of butt. It's all up to the air now. The lovely smell of barbecue. Which is okay with me. You don't need any bug spray anymore, but... Uh, nope. You know. Might need a little sunscreen because it's going to be a beautiful day. Uh, actually, there's a nice breeze out here this morning. There is. It's the fan s- that's behind you is blowing directly into it, which means you have a stagnant area right by you. Is that thing still on? Yeah. I only put that on to keep the mosquitoes off my legs, man. They were tearing me up out here this morning, man. It's getting pretty bad. Uh, anyway, it's... Thermosol? a thermosol? At the house, sure, why not? Hey, somebody's <laughs> on the phone. Uh, another thing to do if you want to get out there and go today, I don't know if uh, Jim's available, but he's on the phone this morning. Good morning, Captain Jim Pollard. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? How? Why aren't you fishing today? What's the problem? You got engine trouble? No, just taking a – no engine problem. Just taking a day. Actually, taking the weekend off just to kind of relax. Oh. Well, that's probably pretty smart because uh, following you on social media, I can see you're probably warm out by the weekend. You do a lot of fishing during the week. We've got the tater guy sitting here, and it sounds like we've got the red fish guy. Some of those big, nasty reds you've been pulling out this all week, I'd need the weekend off too, man. <laughs> yeah, the redfish bite's been absolutely on fire. It's been on fire for for a few weeks now, and it's just it's, it should just get stronger and stronger going into October and early November. So many out there, we gotta close down the beaches because of all the fecal matter that's in the water. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, that's all because of this closure. Yeah, wait till the stingrays move in with them. It'll be really bad. Well, I wanted to ask you because I noticed on a few of your posts this past week. Uh, you went out, and I'm doing air quotes, you went out looking for new bait spots, and then all of a sudden you're pulling in 40-inch reds. How does that happen? Well, the the bait right now is still really good on the flats, but that time of year is coming when that bait's going to kind of move off the flats and go back to the deep water. So I just kind of wanted to be prepared for it, so I went and checked. And there's, there's a lot of bait starting to move back into the deep water, um, but the flats is still producing better, but... It ended up being one of those things where we got a well full of bait, and we're like, oh, well, now what do we do, you know? So we decided to just go out, have some fun, shoot some footage, and, you know, see if the redfish are still hanging around. Even though I know they were, more or less just kind of enjoy the day myself as well. And we went for them and found one school that was no one on them. We had them all by ourselves, just a huge several hundred fish. Just we rolled up and they were just sitting there yeah. in the shallows tailing. Well, Don't you just hate when that happens? Yeah, it, it makes for a horrible, miserable <laughs> yeah, day. Well, well, I know one picture that you took. I don't know if it was a drone shot or if you were up on the tower or something, but 
looking down in the water, you're right. I mean, there were literally hundreds, hundreds of them out there. Wow. Hey, I, I got a question for you. Average guy just want to go out there and catch some fish and have a good time. Um, what should they be targeting right this time of year out there in the bay? You know, a real easy way to to go out there. I mean, you can't go wrong with going trying to hit your rock piles, you know, for snapper or things like that. But if you want to get on the flats and look for it, if you, if you, first thing you need to look for is mullet. If you have a bunch of mullet in the area, it's going to be a good place to kind of just go ahead and sit down, throw out some chunk bait. Uh, the snook are eating the chunk bait. The redfish are obviously eating it. Um, and then you can work a topwater around the boat while you're sitting there at anchor or power pulled down and pick up some trout as well. So it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff cruising around, especially early in the morning, that water temperature is still down and those fish are up on those flats and in the really skinny, just cruising around. Okay. Now, uh, the, now, now the question is for the guy who wants to dirty up the grease, what, uh, what out there can you actually keep? Yeah, catch? really. I mean, everything, everything you mentioned, we have to let go. No, he mentioned mangoes. Uh, well, you know, a couple of snapper. Yeah. But even some of those, you know, you got to turn them loose. Yeah, um, I'm getting reports of uh, triple tail being really good uh, right now, especially starting to show up on the beaches, on um, the swim buoys. I'm getting real good reports of that. Obviously, you know, you want more of an easterly wind and let that water clean up on the beach. And then there's some triple tail showing up, you know, throughout the bay. Look for debris floating, like, or markers or crab pot buoys, things like that. Then yeah. there's uh, a lot of mackerel. You sh- Good size mackerel too. Still, yeah, Usu- that's, that's amazing. Wow. Usually, when you get those triple tails around the buoys like that, you can see some cobia also. Maybe. Yes. Those you uh, look for the rays. The triple tails. The the report I'm getting from some of the other guys. I haven't been out to the beach to do it. Is um, they're trying chunk chunk white bait, uh, shrimp, and if that doesn't work, they're just they're resorting back to the old faithful throwing some. Uh, DOAs or plastics at it, and if they're not hitting the live stuff or the chunk stuff, they said that they found that that triple tail turns on the artificial real quick. Well, I got to ask you, you know, I, I know that you're over by the beach area, but uh, you say you're fishing Tampa Bay. Are you fishing west side, east side, north, south, Pinellas Point? Where, where are you going? Um, I'm really getting a, a lot of lot of good redfish. Um throughout my region over here, the, the Fort DeSoto area, and even all the way up towards Weedon Island. The snook bite, there's been a lot more snook on the south shore. Um, you know, Bishop's Harbor, Piney Point, you know, through that area. And those fish, um, there's some that range in some good sizes, but those are your average run-of-the-mill, you know, 24, 26-inch. Uh, just a good, fun yeah. bite. And there's just a lot of them over there. So that's kind yeah, of. Well, I know that uh, my uh, my son wants to get out there and get on one of those big old bull reds out there, and uh, you know, fishing from the beach or a seawall or a pier. Sometimes, you know, it's it's a lonely spot because you got to wait till they come to you. It's not like you can go to them, you know. So you have to look for the signs. You have to look, like you said, you have to look for mullet moving through or or tailing or anything else like that, and then hopefully. You can catch a few of them before the pod or the, the school moves on and uh, then try to stay ahead of them. You know? Yeah, the big thing is, is once, once you do find those redfish and they are tailing, um, 
try to stay as far away as possible and like for your maximum cast to them. And then those redfish will stay in their happy place. They'll stay, they'll stay put. They'll just kind of mills, you know, what I call like a little pinwheel. They'll just kind of mill around a little bit. But if you get in too close to them, what'll happen is you'll, you'll raise them up and you'll put them on the move. And at that point, you either have to wait for them to sit back down or just kind of keep leapfrogging up in front of the school and, and try to pick one off here and there. But if you got them in a spot where they're not moving, you know, take the time, like with that drone shot that we did, we found the fish. We actually didn't even fish those fish for almost 30 minutes because we kind of wanted to see what they were going to do. There was no pressure on us because there was no other boats around. And once they sat down, it was, it was literally game on. You know, we got about 15 before they got up and moved. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, your life sucks. So, anyway, <laughs> if anybody wants to get out there, once you start fishing again, I guess you're going to fish here in the week most of the time. But if people want to get a hold of you and get out there on the boat, what do they need to do? How are they going to find you? Uh, they can go to my website. It's uh, bigdaddysportfishing.com, you know, or they can hit me directly on my cell phone, which is 727 518 4383. And then uh, we'll we'll go from there. We'll see what kind of what they want to do. Do they want fish in the box, or do they want to just have fun, or maybe a combination of both? Very nice. Well, Always I'd, love a captain that says you want fish in the box. Yeah, I mean uh, yeah. you, you got to ask. I mean you know, now, and of course your boat, you're, you got a pretty big boat, so you can accommodate groups of four, or or what's your max? Yeah, four is the max. Um, it's a twenty-four foot boat, uh, but the the Florida guide license I carry is a, for a four-person. You know, I can carry more people. I can carry up to six, but only four can fish at or a three time. Ven- or three benches. Yeah. Three benches. Yeah, you got to put three benches. Play a river sugar. Play a river sugar. But you're fishing again and taking the weekend off. Are you going to head out on Tuesday or are you going to wait for to see what happens with this storm out the Gulf? Um, I'm gonna see what I'm gonna see what happens with the storm. I'm gonna look at the weather. I might um, I don't have anything booked Monday or Tuesday, but I might put the boat in the water just to see. Uh, depending on how bad that storm comes close to us, uh, just to kind of see if it pushed the fish somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's really funny. I, I follow so many guides on social media, and it's amazing how many of them are like. Well, it started out; it was raining, and I fought my way through it. it turned out to be an awesome day of fishing. So. Even though it might be raining in the morning, it's not a way to – you should not cancel that trip. I mean, if your captain's willing to go, you should be willing to go, right? Yeah, I always give people the option, I, and I'm up front with them. I tell them – obviously, if it's going to be an unsafe situation, I tell them that and then say, look, we're not – we can't do it. Um, other than that, I'm up front with them, and I'll tell them, hey, this is, this is what you're going to expect. It's not going to be pretty, but the fishing's good. We'll be in sheltered areas. And uh, we can make it happen, you know. Because some people are on right, well, Cap- they only have a couple days. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, Cam Jim, thanks for the call this morning, man. Enjoy your weekend off, and get back at it next week. Uh, again, right, that's uh, BigDaddySportFishing.com. You can go check it out. Cap Jim, have a great weekend, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. All right, you too. Thank you. All right, buddy. All right, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors taking a fast break. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We are out here live at Fishhawk Sporting Clay. Stay right there. We'll be back.
Ah, I miss that guy. Old Stevie Ray. Hey, it's a Big and Wild Outdoors. We are broadcasting live at Fishhawk Sporting Clays. It got sure. quiet around here. All- it in a very oh. quick hurry. We're yeah, out here. Good thing that Mike guy isn't uh, blowing us up, you know. What are you looking what? for? What's a mic guy? The guy on the mic over there that was, you know. The announcer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, be easy on my old football chaplain. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Braden, Braden was having an aneurysm over here. If you could see him, he was dying. <laughs> Microphones are used to amplify your voice. You do not have to scream in them for yeah. them to work. Anyway, uh, important nose. Important nose you need to know. Bill George brought it up a couple hours ago, I think, but uh, – with deer season in full swing and our buddy Glenn sitting up in a tree stand up there in the beautiful state of Georgia right now trying to fill his tags, uh, it is important for you to know. If you did not know, you need to go to the FWC and learn this stuff because if you hunt in Alabama or Georgia or have leases up there. Anywhere out of state. Anywhere out of state, you have new requirements to bring your deer back into the state of Florida. And... Uh, it's a, it's a long list of things that you really have to do. And it's all because of the CWD. They want to keep it out of here. They want to keep it, it out of the states. It's a safety thing. It's not like they're yeah. forcing you, oh, you got to. No, it's it's better for everybody if well, people follow. We're, we're only, I mean, we're a handful of states that don't have it. I think there's out of 24 states that have reported it, you know, Florida is one of them that, that hasn't got it yet, hopefully. No, Florida hasn't found it yet. It hasn't found any yet. But if you're looking to uh, bring in any deer into the state of Florida, if you're going to import it into this state, uh, it must be deboned meat or finished taxidermy mounts, antlers and hides, skulls, skull caps, and teeth, all with their soft tissue removed. So there can't be any brain matter or hide or any of that other kind of stuff if you just decide just to, you know, Take a sawzall and take the skull cap off and bring the rack down and leave everything else behind. It has to be cleaned. It has to be all the meat taken off of it, you know, scraped, clean, disinfected with, uh, you know, some Lysol or whatever and bring it in. I mean, that's that's about all you can do. Lysol isn't going to do anything for CWD. It's not going to kill because it's prion, but uh, it'll at least uh, make you feel better about yeah, yourself. Good, good luck. Make it. Good stink. luck getting Lysol. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> Okay. You better, better stop yeah. in and see but, my boy Dean Earl and get some of that stuff from Cotterman Distillery and pour it on there. You know, they they had done a number of workshops where they were trying to work on the new CWD rule. Right now, we're under some executive order. Uh, That's right. And, and it didn't go through the official rulemaking process. And they are looking to get take something through the whole the whole process. So to make it a little uh, more streamlined, a little easier yeah. kind of thing. And and so what they did at the time was a, it was a quick reaction um, to try and do it. Um, but they're still working on fine-tuning it. There's no reason why a high test can't have a little bit of meat on it when you can bring the meat back. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, it, that doesn't and, make a lot of and sense. And so, you know, something like that, it, you know, the, they're like, okay, we, we can we can concessions there. Um, for me, not I, this year though. Not that not. Well, it could come later on in the year, but then it goes, takes announcements and draft rules. Oh. It, it, but for me, 
I'm bringing in certain bones, and, and I always have, and I, I probably will continue. States with CWD even recognize, you know, it's, it's prevalent in the spine and some lymph nodes, but in your hand bones and your shoulder bones, you know, I can concede chops, okay? I can concede. I'll take back straps and, and loins out, and that, that's fine. But, you know, the bone, well, as far as it's a finished meat product, as far as I'm concerned, they don't have authority, and that's that's my personal opinion to make that rule. But that that may come under um, DAX or something like that. But that's a food product at that point. That's not that's not a carcass. Um, I'm not for bringing a carcass back across. Yes, you know, this is this is a bone that's going to end up in a pot somewhere and cooked and and we eat. And then it goes in the garbage can. Well, and that was one thing for us. Like, we found, and I know I've started doing this when we go out to New Mexico or anywhere else. I found a processor out there who, with our elk or our mule deer, you can take it to him, and he'll debone the whole animal for 100 bucks or 150 bucks. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, it's like I tried to explain to somebody. They're like, well, yeah, but that's just an extra expense. I'm like, it's $100, and you're going to take it to the guy he completely, for me, I would do it, bring it back to Al, and Al would process it for me, but it's... Well, for me, I'm on a lot of times I'm on a trip. I don't, I'm not making multiple trips back exactly. and forth. So, you know, that's where all of a sudden on the last day up in the stand, I have to make some real decisions on to what I'm going to shoot or if I'm going to shoot um, because mm-hmm. of trying to get it to the point where... Well, and it's, it, it, it's like you said, the problem, the thing that I look at there too is, is now you're bringing in, if you're going to the state, you're bringing somebody in that they know their laws as far as what they expect for you to have done, what you need to have done, and everything else. And that's it's a convenience thing, yeah. too. I've gone to New York. I've gone to, you know, like I said, Oklahoma. Wherever I go, I'll pay for the processor. I, and have, I tell them, freeze a solid. I fly it in. Yeah, I, I I just put it in a cooler and I take the. Well, and that's and my I point. They'll know in. what to do to get it to where yeah. you get the meat back the yeah, way it should I mean, be. Well, yeah, and you got to be picky. I know that uh, we used uh, one particular processor in Missouri, and uh, you know the Mennonites—they're really good. It is your deer; it's tagged from uh, to, from start to finish. They follow it through. Uh, in a hurry, one year took it. One uh, Jason took his deer to one in Buffalo, and basically what they do is they deer and they see how you want it chopped. And then they'll go on the back, and they'll fill up a cooler, and then they'll be what you asked for. It's not your deer. It's somebody else's deer. And, of course, it wasn't processed very well, and it was all coated with tarsal. And, I mean, you just can't cook that stuff out. So, you know, you got to find a decent one. But just to go down some of the rules quickly, I mean, uh, if you uh, you got to possess an FWC Georgia-Alabama carcass importation permit prior to the carcass being brought in Florida, uh, you can get that from the uh, FWC. You can go to the Permit Me! Exclamation point website and follow the instructions. It's a self-issue for the permit. Uh, it doesn't really cost you anything, but it, it could save you a lot in the long run. Uh, reporting the carcass importation within 24 hours of entering Florida using the FWC's online Georgia-Alabama carcass importation reporting form. Also available through Permit Me, uh, exclamation point, website. And the hard part is, for the most part, for most people, Jonathan's got the right idea. Get it deboned where you got it. 
that way you don't have to go through all the disposal procedures here in the state of Florida, which are that, even harder than getting the, the deer in here in the first place. Let, I mean, let me more. tell you, in the, for me, you have no clue how many deer end up at a processor in Pennsylvania on the opening couple days. Sure. Yes. Oh, okay. my God. I have a picture in New York. It is a, a mountain, mountain. Yes. A mountain of deer. Oh, yeah. I know. Like something like this right yeah, here. I'm not getting us. my deer back that any time in the next oh, couple yeah. days. Oh, I pay extra. I told the guy. Well, hey, it's I'm like leaving I mean, in three days. Move you me know. up to the front of the yeah. line. Well, I mean, it's like we talk. Extra. Like I said, we talk about Al here. You go to Al's, and there's times you drop stuff off for him. He'll tell you straight to your face. You're looking two, three weeks before you're even going to think about even hearing from him. Oh, even better is when he calls us and says, take my commercial off your show. I, I'm packed. I can't, I can't take uh, anymore. I can't handle it anymore. Handle I anymore. just had to rent another cooler. Building. Yeah, we got ten more coolers Yeah, buildings. Yeah, I can't, I can't take anymore. We're full. School's closed. We're out of here. But, uh, yeah, you go through the disposal procedures, and uh, listen, it's a pain in the butt. It's, it's better to do it that way. The first time I ever got a deer was in Middletown, New York. My boss... His, where I worked was downtown New York, so I went to pick up my meat, and I took the train home. Now, I'm, on, I'm sitting on the train with my big bag of meat, <laughs> and it starts to leak, right? <laughs> and it's blood coming out of it. Only in and New York. people on the train are looking at me like, uh, what does he have in that bag? Yeah, but hey, Luckily, I was already uh, something entering tell, the something tells me Something tells me you didn't have anybody bother you. <laughs> Nobody said a thing. In yeah. fact, people were moving away. <laughs> I was just sitting here, there sir. Like, you can have my seat right here. I, I was like sitting there, going, "Oh man, oh man, look at that line, <laughs> look at that line." You just look at him and he goes, "Stepping on it." You, you, know? you look at him and you go, "My boss said he wanted the heads." Yeah, man. It That's was, all. <laughs> I was dying. I was dying for it to cross from you know um, Upper New York into the Bronx. I finally made you know got home, but it was dripping, man. It was started to thaw. That's you know not I mean? good. Uh, also, remember, white-tailed deer legally harvested from the Georgia or Alabama properties that are. Bisecting through Florida under the same ownership are exempt from the importation permit, uh, reporting, and disposal requirements. If CWD is detected in Georgia or Alabama, importation of white-tailed deer carcasses and carcasses parts from that state would immediately be prohibited. Download the app. It's great. So you got to make sure you stay on top of it. You know, you just got to know the rules. All right, we're going to take a break. Big and Wild Outdoors, Fishhawk Sporting Clays is where we are broadcasting from. Everybody's out on the course right now having a good old time, and we're taking a break. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Here we go, Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting live this morning out at Fishhawk Sporting Clays. The boys are getting antsy. Of course, uh, Jonathan's here, and Bill George is here, and Carlos is here, and Dylan is here. Uh, Dylan, do me proud. You're taking my spot, so don't be screwing it up, man. Yeah, you got to go 48 out of 50 or 50-50. At, at a minimum, at a minimum, you got to do at least Yeah, what did 40, I just say? 48. My clay shooting's like my dove hunting. Two boxes of shells, six birds, that's a great day. Hey, it sounds good to me. Steve always had the best line. That's he a goes, meal. He always used to say, I bring two boxes of ammo to the dove field, and they go, you're going to shoot that much? He goes, no, I want something to bring my doves back in. 
<laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, he's got he's got good ones. Put one in each in each box, and you're yeah. you're good for the day. It took me fifty rounds, and I'm good. He's got great stories, man. Uh, trophy catch season eight is drawing to a close. If you are a bass fisherman out there messing around and uh, just playing around, I don't care if it's on a a pond in the middle of a cow field or whatever it is. It's absolutely free. You should actually be registered for this. I don't know why you would not be. Because uh, you go out there and you catch some big old boy, take a picture of it, send it into the trophy catch program, and you're automatically registered for the uh, random drawing that they're going to be doing to give away the bass boat. They give away a a big old phoenix every single year, and the deadline this year is September 30th. So you still kind of have time if you want to go get registered for this thing. If you happen to have yourself a honey hole and you – Seem to be pulling out eight and ten pounders on a regular basis, and you have not taken pictures of it and sent it in. You's crazy. Ho- hopefully, not like a buddy of mine in high school who had two uh, large bass in a portable swimming pool that he was trying to grow off for possibly a state record, and the Malathion <laughs> took care of it for him. Ah, uh, that's not good. Uh, but what could- with the new Baby Steps app, so you know you're hitting your goals. Decide right now to never worry about money again. Go to DaveRamsey.com and sign up for a free trial. And then uh, you can go and uh, you can go and get in there and get on the boat. You get a chance to win uh, a nice brand-new Phoenix bass boat, and they're nice boats. They're, they're really nice. They give one away every single year to some lucky guy who did nothing but go out Catch a fish and get a picture of it and send it in. That's all you got to do. Wow. It's easy peasy. Can you send old pictures? Uh, that would be a no. I don't think that the old pictures would go in and suffice. Okay, just check it, man. Bill George, is that an uh, illegal activity? I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that on you. Is, is explain, get, word the question exactly. What's, is what? Nicole? Yeah, Carlos. I was just wow. trying to clarify to, you know. No, you weren't. You yeah, were, yeah, you were yeah. trying to be unethical, as Bill no, George no, just no, pointed abso- out. Absolutely wow. not. I mean, unethical. Me, Come on. Yeah. I'm not. Did, no. You've known me for a long time. <laughs> you know me well enough to keep me out of jail. Go right ahead and do it. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. The best picture of Carlos and something was the two turkeys. <laughs> oh, that was so great. <laughs> April Fool's Day. Yeah, that was. That was. Don't don't do that because I don't want to hear Glenn falling out of a tree stand. Dude, it was not Glenn. It was social media itself. Oh. Sure. How long did they beat you up for uh, that? I don't know, man. My phone was pinging. Ding, ding. I had like 200 people. Call. Hey, man, great. That whole Osceola's up. People from Texas, all over the place, California. And I was like, uh, yeah, let me. I got to explain to Officer Nick. <laughs> I got to tell him, hey, man, that was somebody else's I think phone. I think we actually had to go in and, and put a caveat to the post <laughs> later on and say, no, we did not shoot these. Still, at the same still time. don't understand that rule, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you know, it's because of the old days. Yeah, you know the old days when you could go out and go turkey hunting, where you just found a pine tree, got underneath it with a twenty-two, and popped about fifteen or sixteen of them, threw them in the back of your truck, and went home. Well, They're but I'm good. just saying. Why? Well, just 
still can't understand why if you have two birds come in, you pull the trigger, you kill two birds, you kill two birds in the state the whole year, you, so you're you, done. You can on private land now, but not on public. We were on public land. Ah. Yeah. And they it, did They did open that up a few years ago where you can kill two at the same time. For me, it's not what I want to do. No, I, I understand that. That's, it's, you know, but, but uh, legally on private land, you can. I understand that, but my whole thing about it was is there was an incident that I know with a gentleman whose kid, it kind of put them in a bind because he didn't get a chance to shoot because the birds always stayed together. Together. I mean, and to me, it's like in a situation no. like that, two yeah. different people can shoot at the same time. Well, no, time. they were just, the kid was just the only one hunting. And that yeah. was the whole thing about it. And the guy said, he's like, I had to let the birds walk away because they stayed, literally, he said, literally, they stayed together the whole time. And he's like, you can never get them to separate far enough to get a shot without taking both birds. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where, uh, as Bill George pointed out, you better be fast on the trigger on the second shot. <laughs> but bang <laughs> you get one i get one that's the way it works it's all good you know last week we were talking about um uh the acorn crop and what it was looking like bill george says his were loaded up uh mine in my front yard is loaded up are you all loaded up on your areas too it's you gonna are? be good uh you know what i was gonna ask bill george but i don't he walked could, away man he walked away he's coordinating he's, the team he's, he's signing autographs people think he's magnum pi is that what it is i an, thought maybe an ugly was, magnum pi they didn't know tom Selleck was going to be shooting today <laughs> making yeah. sure all the like man you're old tires are aired <laughs> up or something are, are you know i've never seen one here in the state of florida but i gotta ask you guys because you've hunted up north more than i have uh at least in the northern part of the state of florida the farthest i ever went with uh bienville Bienville Plantation hunted there, and I've been there. Yeah, I was in nice a, I was in a stand, but do we have any? Are there any persimmon trees in this state? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. there are yes. in the management oh. areas too. If you know where I they are, I have never oh, yes. found one in the state whatsoever. Listen, listen. Some guy asked me about that. He asked me if I goes, man, I've lived here all my life. I ain't never seen believe, a persimmon hey, tree. The, out the, the, the hat that's on top of my head, believe me, there's persimmon flavored sitting at Arrowhead Archery right now, and the deer. Not turned it down for one minute. You where know, where you have you who, seen them? You know who knows where there's a bunch of persimmon trees? James Stovall. Because he, he hits those and he marks those down, I'm sure, on his uh, I have never travels. seen one on the west. Oh, over, oh, the by, west over by where I live in Zephyr Hills area, uh, Dave Smith used to turn around and trap hogs. There was a couple persimmon trees on some of the property he went to, and that would be where he finds a lot of deer sheds and everything right. else is underneath those persimmon trees. Carter Road Park in Lakeland, uh, they call it Joyce Harp or whatever, because she don't have money. Yochi Park. Whatever. But, what? <laughs> but whatever. But <laughs> the place there, Carlos isn't allowed to bowfish. Yeah, I can't bowfish any, there anymore, but. There's a persimmon tree right there that I, that I found, and I'm like, wow, man, this. this you is had to cool. you had to dredge off up one, old memories one, about that off one of the fingers. You know? do, you, do do you realize the conversation that happened at my shop when that happened to him with the whole thing about the yeah. both? It, yeah, and all uh, I was doing was helping the state. The guy was asking me about it because he was uh, going up to Georgia, and I found that last year one of the favorite things for people to do when they were going up to Georgia was to buy a uh, bag of peanuts and then mix it with the persimmon uh, granular stuff from Moultrie. And it, uh, they said, dude, it just it, persimmon will draw them in from oh, yes. everywhere, from all four. Not, acorns are for local. You know, they know where they are, so they'll move through that mass and eat. But he said once those persimmons 
start uh, fermenting. fermenting on the ground and stuff, man, it brings them in like 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 wildfire. And he said, man, I, he goes, I got a buddy of mine used it up in Georgia. He thought about using it here. He said, but, man, I've lived here all my life. I ain't never found a persimmon tree on any management property I've ever been on. I said, you know what? I have found more orange trees on management land. Oh, yeah. And, I've, and hickory trees, and I've ever I've never found a persimmon tree. And in, I know deer eat orange pulp like it's crazy. Yep. But I, I'm thinking, you know, because most of my youth was spent on the West Coast management areas, you know, with Tide Swamp, all that area, all, all along the, the western well, side. I know there's some in Green Swamp. I know there's some well, over here central. by me. Yeah. I know, that's, I know of those those particular trees. Yeah. I mean, where, now, where have you seen them besides the park? Uh, I ran into one at one of the management areas. Also Which one? On a hike. Three lakes. Three lakes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you yeah, sure? There's something there. Yeah. There's three lakes and there's prairie lakes. Right. I actually, no, actually, I think it was prairie lakes. I had a muzzleload hunt. Not a lot of tags for that area. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know. Did you see activity underneath the tree at all, or were they not ripe yet? Or No, they weren't ripe yet, but, you know. Um, I always say, yeah, persimmons should work right, you know, my – but when I was a kid, we had one in our yard, but it would always be uh, around the frost when it got cold is when they look, would. Any fruit tree I've ever run across, I think in Holochi I ran across some orange trees by the pines right off the. I hung out there for a while because there was a lot of hog sign. You know, they were, they were you know, rubbing the mud off their, their body. I mean, some, some were three feet high. I literally put my shotgun. I had my Mossberg. I put it right there, and you can see the top of my shotgun is where the, the mud line ended. So you know what that's saying. There's some big, big old boys, boys some bulldozers yeah. out there. But uh, I just, I don't know, he asked me about it, and I said, all I know is most of the guys that are buying this stuff are taking it up to Georgia with them. That's, that's what I know because I've never oh, seen no, a persimmon the deer, tree. The deer this. love persimmon flavor Oh, they love I know they do. They Tinks, go crazy. Tinks, I used to be sponsored by Tinks, and, and I, I have a bunch of still persimmon, you know, that, and I, I always take a bottle with me, and I'll spray the whole bottle, you know, as my cover scent and what? And you kill what? Fifteen squirrels? No, six. What six? <laughs> you don't go for the limit. You're not getting them. Yeah. You're not getting out there and getting them all done. Uh, I'm like, I'm like uh, your buddy there. Take your time. Yeah. Take your time. Do what you got to do. I was just wondering if you guys had any more luck on that kind of stuff. So I guess uh, if you're out there looking, do your part and do your inspection. See if you can find yourself look at, a percentage. Look on the ridges. Yeah. I, I guess that's the only thing. That's the only thing I can think of is I'm on the coastal areas where it's all, you know, lots of oak trees, but I never found any persimmons, hard, you know, nut Ridges trees. Ridges and slew edges. Well, what are you doing? Are you, like, already? I'm counting. We're ready to shoot. You're about, You're going to go on your own here in a moment. Well, I know Dylan's over there on the phone. He's already pacing back and forth. He's ready to go. We're He's ready to shoot. Bit. Well, I can't bail we out now. we got 20 now. minutes to show. you got 20 minutes. You can <laughs> hang on that. You can do that. You're all yeah, good we're good, but. We'll let you clean up. Oh, well, yeah, I got to do that anyway, so yeah. whatever. Yeah, I'll shake hands, kiss babies, and you guys will be gone. You'll be out of here and gone. Have you already done your picking order? I mean, uh, no, no, I'm just I'm just trying to make sure, I, you know, we were on the air when they did the whole thing about shooting and just trying to make sure all the little squares add up to what I think it should. <laughs> so, He's already thinking ahead on how bad. See how they spelled my name right? No, no, no. I, I'm I'm trying to look at okay. At which point do I leave leave off of Carlos? You know, do do I push him all the way to the end? 
because the one year he started shooting gangster style, gun on the side, you know. You know, got Tom Nap. Hey, you know, got to represent, man. Cuban gotta, Tom Nap. Got to represent. Have fun and represent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Cuban Nap. Doesn't look good unless you're shooting a cabbage. Hey, uh, is the uh, FWC, are they going to take full advantage of the R3 thing going on now that all these kids are sitting around doing nothing at home? FWC hired the people for R3. They do have R3 programs, but I'll be honest with you, I've been, you know, they started out strong with uh, Nick Wiley up there. But, you know, I was hoping that everything that the agency did, you'd have a flavor of R3 component within it. And I just, I have not heard that as much as I would like to have seen it. You know. We'll talk a little bit more about it when we come back from break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting live out of Fishhawk Sporting Clays. Still got time to come out here. You can catch some lunch and maybe win yourself a nice little firearm. It's all good. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. Number three, the Bigger Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Bill George, and uh, Carlos Lopez. Everybody's running around trying to get carts and get their shotguns and everything all ready to go. Because as soon as we dump out of here, they are going to be jumping, jumping, and going and trying to catch up with the rest of the crew. And uh, country we're uh, trying to get more youth and people involved out in the recreational activities outdoors doesn't necessarily mean hunting i mean it could be anything from uh, shooting sports shooting sports archery uh talking with dennis and uh you know him getting ready to start up the the uh, archery uh, classes again it could be fishing it could be sport fishing it could be anything Um, it's one of those things that uh, it seems like I would think, as we were talking about with Dennis, uh, with Trinity Sportsman's, this would be a great opportunity for parents to do that more with their kids because you got so many kids that are out there messing around and doing their schooling online, not necessarily doing it at, at school, and a lot of them aren't doing after-school after extracurricular activities. So, you know, I understand that going to Taekwondo class would be being able to go out and go fishing or take an archery class or do some clays out here at Fishhawk or go go to a pistol or rifle range with your kids and uh, spend a little more time with them outside. This would be an opportunity to do it. Grab a 22, do a little plinking. Dude, I, I mean, once you get them started, I mean, I took my kids when they I bought Barrett his first pistol and I got our little cricket. And all I had to do after they started shooting and they knew how to load everything was just stand back and watch and enjoy them having so much fun. That little well, key. Hundred bucks. Exactly. Eric, Eric, Eric said, "I can shoot all those bullets." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah." It was just like a little brick of fifty, or a, I don't. Know. And he was like, "I can shoot all those." I was like, yeah. "You can go get a well, decent twenty-two for less than what you'd buy for a pellet rifle." I'm almost interrupted today. here. I'm almost finished. Here. I said, I'm almost done. 
<laughs> for me, for me, you see he's on board and, and doing it, but it really is up to every sportsman out there to do their part. Go, you know, when you very first get into it, a, a lot of it's about you. Oh, but yeah. as, as, as we get a little bit older, we've had – We've had plenty of us, and now it's all about um, what we can do to help other people and do stuff. And I get such an enjoyment after out of turn around and helping other people do things like alligators with the kids or take the kids out hunting and getting that person, whether or not they're young or old, their first animal. That that that's been a thrill. Well, and you mean me and you've talked about it, and like I said, when I started the outfitting business. That's like the biggest joy. I mean, not only like last year when Ava took her first buck, but I mean, when I have clients that bring their kids up there and we're giving away, I, Dennis and them, I gave them a two-person hog hunt. And that's what I always kind of say is like a a parent-child hunt or something like that. It's always great to bring kids out there and get them involved and watch the excitement and they understand because so many times I've been fortunate enough, it's the kids' first answer. Back over again, and uh, now I understand why my dad and the older guys that used to go out with us, they'd be like, oh, let the boy go out and take a shot. Let him, you know, let him get a shot when you're at that age where it's still competitive. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. And you can't understand why the old man would let you get the first shot on the deer that popped out into a field. There he is. Take I a think, shot. Take a I, shot. I, I I'm think, like, you shoot him. No, no, no. You do it. I can't do it. I think. No, people, no, no. Yeah, you can. I think people have a lot of, you know, a lot of people work more. They're busier. They're, there's a lot more distractions. So that kind of falls on the by the wayside. Usually, the the people who have leases have that. They have money and time invested, so they they make the most of it. Sure. No. Well, the weekend warriors, did, you got to plan. You got to make it happen. You know, everything has to fall into place. So it, it, it's a little. You know, hmm. it, it takes a it little could bit be. more effort. Well, I mean? but and I, now I'm like, but I take Braden's side of it too. Like with us, even we had the lease when we used to run dogs and all that, it was baptism by fire. I mean, that was when you got out there and got in those situations. And that's like you said, you were put into that situation to say, okay. And that was a rite of, I mean, and let's face it, that was a rite of passage for a lot of, you know, boys and girls out there that they, finally got the opportunity to do that well i think every kid needs the opportunity to get out and go at least get an opportunity me personally i wait till i take my kids and then i just shoot it out from underneath them so it's all good yep. yeah we heard that story <laughs> at least according to bill george anyway yeah, but yeah. uh I, I, because it's true yeah. well that one i had to that, that one there was there was no self-defense it's self-defense it was actually in defense of my own child so yeah. i was he, i was he, doing it to he, protect he want, her he wanted her to at least see something and touch something yeah, yeah. she was more interested in the baby piglets i was more interested in the mama that was behind it but uh like when dove season comes around i mean the first time i took uh, my son out i you know i knew i could take it but i was like get him get him get him get him i got you know you gotta let him miss you gotta let him do their thing you gotta you know and uh, i felt bad you know i, I don't want to be that guy who would go out there and well and i, think- I even do it when i'm fishing i'm sitting there in a the boat and all of a sudden i'm hammering them and I'm catching them. I just I'll flub on purpose. I'll I'll throw in the wrong well, thing. I, I won't I, put I, it no, on there. I, I would hand them the rod here. Fight this fish. I well, I mean, give it to them. I let them well. go. I'm like throw over there, throw over there, and then when they start hooking them in, I'm like, okay, I'll back off. I'll go find another spot. Well, and one of my favorite outdoor riders is like Kirk Gowdy always used to say, "You're not going to take a kid out on their first 
fishing trip and take them on a bone fishing trip. You know what I mean? You're uh, going to oh take no. yeah. you're going to take them out to a pond somewhere where they're going to get brim or something like that, where they're going to get opportunities no. to catch fish. Yeah, my kids absolutely. will tell you that's not the way they got raised. Well, they but got you know, raised knowing it's tough and knowing you have. Well, to work but what for I'm it. trying to say well, is, that's there's that's no they went to the Bill George camp. Bill George camp of you do it on your own or I'll, I'll catch all well, the fish. Well, but what I'm trying to say is, is you're not going for your kids when you first start them out. You're going to try to get them. A situation where they're going to have some success, but you can't just give it the to The first time I took my daughter fishing, Sabrina, it was at Banana Lake, and it was one of those special days where the bass were schooling. Oh, God. And, and we were throwing rattle traps. And you earned her. And we were... Every cast that I made and my brother-in-law, we just kept handing her the rod, and she just kept hauling them yeah. in. And then when she hauled that one in, we kept, and she said, wow, Dad, this is easy. I was yeah. like, no, it's no, not. No, it's not. This may never Enjoy. happen in your lifetime again. Yeah, see, I, see, he looks at it as a silver spoon minutes, thing. It was done. I look at it as the harsh reality of life because you go out and you get that trip where it's like every time it hits the water, you get a bite <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Then you go the next time, and it's like, Crickets. Nothing. This is Crickets. not like it was last time. Yeah. What the Crickets. Oh, we Crickets. had that discussion. We came back with Kev, uh, Captain Kevin Little when I took my kids and my daughter with, and my son were hauling in snook left and right. On the drive home, I went, you guys realize every fishing trip is not like that at all. You have to tell them. Yeah. It's like hunting. Hunting's the same way. How many times have you heard the story about the guy? You go sit in the stand. Well, your yeah, eight point, your yeah, eight point yeah, story. Eight yeah, point story. Well, I mean, how many time, How many people sitting here have had that happen a hundred times? <laughs> I mean, to them, oh yeah, we got this one buck coming in every time like clockwork. Well, that was Nothing. Steve was like my child then, so I just shot the eight point out from underneath him. So it's no big deal. <laughs> I'm still on the same track. It's all good. Yeah, but you never got invited back out that's there. Why, that's, why Bill, that's why Bill George doesn't ever let me sit by him. He always goes, oh, down there. There's a, Go to Glenn's tree stand down there. Or go to George's down there by the end. Go down that, that way. That was yeah. a mic drop well, before we, mic we, drop. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listeners out there, we lost the lease. So if you if they, you know about a lease here in Florida, let us know. Yeah. Especially hey, in Central good Florida. Good luck. <laughs> I put I put people in what I thought was the best spot for them to be successful. Exactly. Sure. I'll, I'll go sit anywhere. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't and care either. Lucky You're in the woods. Times, and I've been lucky many times. The, wor- the, I, the worst one I got was when I shot the, the 10 point Missouri. And I'd been hunting the bottom the, the about four days. And it was the weekend. And Jason said, I'm not going out. It's Sunday. I don't want to go. I'm, I'm going to stay here and camp and do some stuff. And I go, well, do you mind if I use your tree stand? He's like, no, man, go right up there. Boom. Boom. Yep. Shoot a 10-point out. And I text him back. I go, dude, you picked the wrong day not to be in your stand. He's like, why? Sleepy, I sleepy. Sent him a picture. He was like, you, blankety, blank, blank, well, blank, 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 like, It was like the day you went and met Steve up there. Where, yeah, where, well, where that was you my weren't, fault. You had the show. You weren't going to go. Uh, you were like, yeah, I'll meet you guys up there later. And then you show up, and in 15 that was minutes, not my fault. you kill that eight-pointer. Yeah, well, that's it. Like I it. said, the original mic drop. Yep. They put me in there. That's their own fault. They should have known better. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it is what it is. Look at Bill. He's dying to <laughs> just go shoot I'm already. ready to go shoot. Yeah. He's standing up already. <laughs> are you going to change that shirt before you go? No, no, no. This is, The birds are attracted to this. Are they? Yeah. What yeah. are they, macaws? You're the clay pigeons, they, they love you don't have Hawaiian any, shirts. I don't see much orange.
Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, that's Bill George. Are you sure it was Bill? Oh, yeah, he yeah. had the Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah, you can't miss him. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been that bright orange one that he's so fond of. Well, you guys, we're getting ready to get out of here. Good luck today. I hope you guys do very well. Not without you shooting. It would be uh, it would be nice if you uh, bring home the trophy, but, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not yeah. putting any we're, pressure we're, on you. We're going to yeah. have a good time. But yeah. uh, Are you guys going to buy mulligans? Breath. Are they having mulligans? They have mulligans over there? Uh, D- Dylan's got all the mulligans. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 You know, I'm not a fan of mulligans. I think it should be a straight contest. There should be no gimmies or do-overs. The, the only thing I do is when they have the different color clays where you can buy a thing where you can yeah. get the, you know, the that bonus clay where put in. Yeah. Not, not a mulligan. Yeah, I'm not a mulligan fan. Well, guys, good luck out there. All right, Wrap thanks, it up. Man. I'll, I'll do. I'll take care of this. Y'all just get the hell out of here and go see, go All have right. some fun. Later. All right. We'll see you guys next Saturday. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Go have fun out there today. It's a beautiful day. See you in the neighborhood. Bye bye.